Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The game in its purest form. On the slant, left side is caught. Touchdown. Before the contracts. We kind of let everyone else do, you know, the hype, all the talk. We'll just go out there and play our game. It's about tradition. The rivalries. And the quest for gridiron glory. Congratulations to the national champion. This is the 790 College Football Show. Brought to you by Dos Equis, official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Now, Ross Villarreal. That's right. That is my name. Thank you, big voice man. It is 11.01 in the a.m. And I am... Ross Villarreal with you up until 1 o'clock broadcasting live for the College Football Preview Show slash Sports RV Show from the Twin Peaks Kirkwood location. All right, we've been hopping around town at Twin Peaks. Uh, today we are at Kirkwood and I-10, definitely a good location. If you're looking for somewhere, look, I say this every week because it's true every week. If you're looking for somewhere to catch all the college football action, We've already got the uh, the Aggie game going on over here. You got other college football games. Uh, U of H UCF is on right now. Basically, any game that is on right now that is of any semblance of relevance is on the televisions here at Twin Peaks Kirkwood location. And then, of course, you add in you got the scenic views, and you have the delicious food, and you have the ice cold, and of course, always refreshing beer. So you're looking for somewhere to go. Watch a little college football action. Get your mind off the Astros. Definitely head over to Twin Peaks. I am at the Kirkwood location until 1 p.m. All right, phone number is 713-212-5790. tweets to at SportsRV. we got a lot of stuff to get to. As I mentioned, you got college football action all over the place. Uh, you got the NFL going on tomorrow with the Houston Texans in London against Jacksonville in a battle for AFC South supremacy. And then, of course, you have the Rockets, who cannot play a lick of defense. I got more on you, Rockets, in a little bit. You're not getting off this easy. Not today. But also, we have to talk about the biggest story of the week, and that would be your Houston Astros losing in Game 7 of the World Series in, I don't want to say heart-crushing fashion. I would say like a walk-off situation. Well, they were at home, so you couldn't get walked off. But uh, just like a late-inning type of situation, it would have been more crushing than the way they did. I guess they lost in the seventh. But you know what I mean. It, it was just a disappointment. It was just almost like death by boa constrictor. Like every breath you take, the Washington Nationals squeezed that much more air out of you, and, and it just it was disappointing to say the least. To, to get up to, to the the up and down the roller coaster of that series, right? You get down 0-2, and you figure, you know what? 
Astros might not win this. I don't think they're out, but this is going to be bad. They've run into a buzzsaw. The Washington Nationals had won eight straight games in the playoffs, and sometimes, especially in baseball, you get a team hot at the right time, and it's just tough to overcome. And then they did overcome. They, they won three straight on the road in Nationals Park. You're coming home with Justin Verlander with a chance to win the World Series as your, uh, as your starting pitcher. And then you lose. And then you're like, oh, Zach Greinke versus Max Scherzer. I don't know what's going to happen here. Then Zach Greinke is brilliant. Zach Greinke is transcendent. Zach Greinke is great. Zach Greinke is making plays all over the place with his glove, striking out you know, like three people, and then and then just getting soft contact everywhere, getting double plays, and, and just don't going and playing exactly the way he was traded here to play and to pitch. And then you give it up in the third inning. And there's a lot of people upset with A.J. Hinch, so we're going to hear from him in just a second here. Some things went haywire at the end of that game, unfortunately. So, uh, first of all, the big thing that has people upset, of course, is that he did not use Garrett Cole. So here's A.J. Hinch from yesterday talking about the plan that he set out pregame with uh, Garrett Cole and why he did not use him. Garrett and I met the day of Game 7, and um, as I talked about, we wanted him to um, gauge his physical capabilities. We wanted, you know, I wanted to talk to him a little bit about a role if, if things turned in that way. Um, he went out, he played catch, he did his normal pregame routine, came in, said he was available. Um, at that point, we talked about him uh, pitching in a win. And as I told him, I, there's a lot at stake here, right? There's a lot at stake personally. There's a lot at stake uh, as a team. I wanted to be pretty clear with him. He'd never pitched in relief. He'd not, he's not, he, he never pitched on two days rest. Um, and I was very aware that I wanted to be very fair to him and make sure that he not, not only was he able to do it, but he was good. Right? There were a couple, kind of couple rules that Garrett and I agreed upon. That one, he wasn't going to come in the middle of an inning. And two, he was going to pitch if we had the lead. Um, and things changed quickly in the seventh. We went from uh, getting in the middle of the inning to, to losing the lead pretty quickly. Um, at that point, you know, I brought in a, a Harris. I brought in Osuna. Um, if we had regained the lead or gotten a tie, Garrett was going to go in for potentially the ninth or tenth, um, and that never came to be. See, that that's basically the plan. I know a lot of you were upset, and, and you're you're you're. Uh, you're questioning A.J. Hinch, and that's fine. Especially, I mean, we are mourning the loss of the 2019 Astros, and we had such great expectations for the 2019 Astros. Um, and by the way, we will have a funeral for them at noon. If you want to get in on that and say your final piece for the Houston Astros, we're going to do that at noon here on, on Sports Talk 790 on the show. Uh, but some of you going a little bit too extreme. With the fire hinge, and he's an idiot, and there's no way, and all this type of stuff. If you hear what he had to say, there was a plan in place, and A.J. Hinch stuck to that plan. So he didn't want to use him in an unclean inning. He didn't want to use him uh, in a situation where they weren't winning. Basically, the way that I see it is A.J. Hinch basically said uh, it traded it like a, a standard game where Garrett Cole was the closer. And the old standard uh, trope or the old standard manager way of thinking and line of thinking, this is my closer, 
I will only use my closer if we are leading and it is the final inning. And then my closer will come in and that's it. That's what Garrett Cole was. That was his role. So if you think of it that way, it makes a lot of sense as to why he didn't did not get used. And I understand a lot of you are like, well, Garrett, Garrett Cole's the greatest pitcher in the Astros history, and they, he didn't use him, and I can't believe that he didn't do it. He just had him in his bullpen, and he didn't do it. Yeah, I understand that, but there's caveats to that, right? There's asterisks next to that. As I, ma- I made the analogy earlier this week on a nightcap, it's like when you hear about this, uh, this great pill that's going to save your life and a medication uh, on TV, and you're like, wow. Celebrex is going to change my life. Look how happy these people are enjoying uh, enjoying wine on a, on a yacht. But then there's the, there's the caveat, right? There's the little side effects. May cause bleeding of the kidney and depression, and your arms are going to fall off. Like, those are the caveats. Those are the, the side effects. That's the thing. To come out and just say uh, he didn't use Garrett Cole the entire game, while factual, is also misleading. Garrett Cole was on two days rest. You know how many times in his career Garrett Cole's pitched on two days rest? Zero. Garrett Cole would be coming on in relief, and especially in an unclean inning, which is unfair to relievers. You know how many times Garrett Cole's come on in relief in his professional career? Zero. So, yes, he didn't use Garrett Cole. Yes, Garrett Cole was the most dominant pitcher in the world the last six months. But there were question marks. There were caveats to that as well. So here's a little more on A.J. Hinch. Here's what he had to say on not employing the use of Garrett Cole in Game 7. You know what I wish we would have done is win a home game. That would have changed everything. And and we couldn't we couldn't do it, um, and that's because of the Nats. You know, I think this World Series is, it's 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 tough to put it um, put it all on one thing, but I I think the um, I think the Nats outplayed us, and and at the worst time for us. And you know, you go back. I can. It's you know, I, it's funny. I, I've. I don't really want to get into every single decision. There's hundreds of decisions that go on and hundred non-decisions that go on, and you, the what-ifs are endless. You, I mean, I, there's so many scenarios. As a, Most people don't even ask me about the decision I'm the most upset about any given day, and that's no disrespect to your guys' questions, but it just there's just so much that goes on and so much context that's lost. Um, I don't know what Garrett Cole would have brought in Game 7. Maybe he would have had his moment where it was exceptional. Um, or maybe he would have given up, up runs and, and it would have been I overextended him. When, when you're a manager, and, and I, I, it's my job to take the bullets, it's my job to, to wear the decisions and, and the non-decisions. And the, um, I, I made the decisions I made. When, but I'm not going to second guess you know, the, the process that we had in place. We had a really good plan. Yeah, that, that's the thing, is there's, there's just no guarantee. And we'll have some more A.J. Hinch in a minute, but we gotta go, we got to go to break here. It, it's just that there's no guarantee that Garrett Cole would have been this, the, uh, the solution. We know that Will Harris has been a solution for A.J. Hinch in these postseason crunch time scenarios. 
I was like half joking, but really half not, about Will Harris being the uh, the World Series MVP as the Astros were coming home because of all the the runners that he stranded, all the difficult situations that he got, and the guy was just straight nails. And that's the thing, where if you want to crush A.J. Hinch for not using Garrett Cole, I get that, but you have to also understand that it's not like if he if Will Harris just said, you know, I mean, uh, if A.J. Hinch just said, you know what, I got, I have a hunch. I'm going with Chris Davinsky. You say, what? What is this guy doing? This guy's on crack. No. He didn't go that. He didn't go with Hector Rondone or something like that out of, out of the blue. He went with Will freaking Harris, who was just absolutely the best reliever for the Astros, most consistent throughout the, regu- throughout the regular season. Presley was better early on, and so was the Sooner. Those guys got shaky. You know who never was shaky and never faltered? Will Harris. Will Harris hadn't allowed a run since August 30th until game six. And so he had been strong. He had been great. He had been all of that and then some. And Will Harris, remember earlier in the, in the, in the, World, in the World Series, they said, you know what, Will Harris said, I'm his panic button. When there's panic, he goes to me and I'm getting him out of these situations. And that's what happened. A.J. Hitch went to his panic button. And it had a short. It didn't work. And that sucks, and we have that result, and we see that in front of us, so we say there was a, there must have been a mistake made. But sometimes you have to realize you can make the right decision or something that's close to the right decision. Would Garrett Cole have been better? I don't know. A.J. Hinch himself said he doesn't know. But we know what ha- we know what did happen. He went to Will Harris. It didn't work out. He went to Osuna. He gave up runs. Joe Smith, your three most reliable relievers in the playoffs. All all gave up runs. It had been set up. Harris, Smith, Osuna, 7-8-9. That's the way that that A.J. Hinch was using them. All three of them gave up runs. Sucks. Didn't work out the way you wanted. At the end of the day, you got to say what A.J. Hinch said as well. you got to tip your cap to the Washington Nationals. All right, 713-212-579 on your phone number if you want to get in. 713-212-5790. You can also send your tweets to at SportsRV. My name is Ross Villarreal. You're listening to the College Football Preview Show slash SportsRV Show. we got a lot of stuff to get to. We've got Astros coming up uh, to talk about. We've got to get you some picks later on in this hour. We've got to lay the Astros to rest at noon. The official Astros funeral coming up. We also get headlines, so a ton of stuff to get with, uh, get to. Stick with me all the way up until 1 o'clock. It's Sports Talk 790. My name is Ross Villarreal, and I'll be back after this very short break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15000 178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
This is Sports Talk 790, your exclusive home for Houston Rockets basketball. You really got to do this to me, Jackson. Jackson Gatlin, back at the station, producing the show. Uh, the Astros lost the World Series. All hope is lost. Um, people have mentioned this A.J. Hinch quote. I would like to see the exact quote. Uh, Megablast9 tweeting me. A.J. said Harris was, quote, wasted after his previous outing. As in, like, he's completely ruined? I don't think if A.J. Hinch believed that Will Harris had no uh, had dead arm, I don't think that he would have used him. So if somebody can find me that exact quote, I can speak on it from there. Um, now, your second complaint, Mega Blast, I will, I'm will. i more with that one than not hearing Garrett Cole. First of all, let's hear a little bit more on A.J. Hinch about not using Garrett Cole. Uh, here's what he had to say uh, yesterday. I will continue to address Mega Blast's tweet and react to what A.J. Hinch had to say here. And... Um I just know what what ifs happen whenever things don't go your way. Anytime as a manager, you make a decision in the seventh inning or later, and it doesn't work. The assumption is that the other side would have worked out great. If I leave Granky in and Kendrick hits a homer off Granky, then I overextended him. If if I bring in Will Harris um, as I did in Game Three and he got us out of a huge jam, and he and say say he strikes out Kendrick, it was a brilliant move. Like results are all that matter. And, and so if I look back at, do I wish we had a, you know, had a little bit better opportunity with runners in scoring position? Do I wish that things would have gone perfectly um, with the pitching staff? I do. But that's not because Will Harris failed or Joe Smith failed or, or Rob, Roberto Osuna failed or um, me as the manager failed. Like, the game beat us. Howie Kendrick hit a pitch that never gets hit off the opposite field foul pole. Like, if you look across the game, it just doesn't happen until it does. And when it does, it feels awful. Um, so, I, you know, I can play it back and forth. I, can, I, can, I could, could have done other things, or I could have made other moves that, that did or didn't work out. Um, what's brilliant in Game 3 is idiotic in Game 7. That's just the way it is as a Major League Manager, and I'll wear it. And I'm proud of the effort. Try to put the guys in a position to, to be good. And the fact that we'll never know what other other is, is the beauty of sports. That's just part of part of the game. Uh, just, I mean, AJ Hinch there is just so well spoken and articulate, and and really knows how to get his point across. And he, he's absolutely right. That's the way I feel. Is it? Look, maybe, like he said, maybe Garrett Cole comes in and he's lights out. We don't know, but they had a plan. They stuck to that plan, and they went with Will Harris, and and Will Harris had been very good through the season. Now, the the second part about you know what if I didn't what if, uh, why did he pull Zach Grinky? And a lot of people are getting fixated on eighty pitches, and I get that. But in, in the entire playoffs, uh, come, going into that game, I'll put it this way. AJ Hinch had a AJ Hinch had a plan for everything, right? He said I, he probably said to himself going into that game, and I said this to myself, and probably you guys at home said, if I can get if you can get four or five solid out of Zach Grinky, that is fantastic. You'll take it in a heartbeat. Well, he got six plus fantastic innings out of uh, Zach Grinky. 
And, yes, he was at 80 pitches, but he'd just given up a home run. He just walked somebody, and you're in the seventh when you figured at best you're probably getting five solid out of Zach Rinke, or, or and if you did, you would take that in a heartbeat. So I think in his mind, rather than getting fixated on the pitch count, he says this guy just gave up a home run, this guy just gave up a walk, and he's two innings past where we thought he was going to be. So let's go ahead and take him out. Thank you, Zach Greinke. We're taking the ball. We appreciate you. We'll forever remember this transcendent performance. And this time you stepped up huge in the performance of a lifetime. And it was supposed to work out from there. But it didn't. He went with Will Harris, and and then things unraveled from there. And like A.J. Hinch said, you have to live with the results. Anytime a manager makes a decision that doesn't work out, he's an idiot. There were a number of times this this uh, this postseason where I said, I I don't know what AJ Hinch is doing here. The pulling of Jose Arquiti, uh, some of the bullpen decisions early on, most of them worked out. Most of them were fine, um, and it just it just didn't work out. That's I mean that's basically all you can say is you executed it, you make the right decisions. In anything in life, right, you just make a decision, and then if you if you use all the information in front of you correctly and you choose correctly and it doesn't work out, sometimes you just have to throw your hands up and say that's life. And that just sounds like what A.J. Hinch is doing. He says he has to wear it. He says that's on him. He understands of the way that this game works with the manager and all that type of stuff. And I'm not going to read the end of your tweet, uh, Mega Blast, because that's not even accurate. A.J. Hinch would be very well-deserving of, of manager of the year this year. A.J. Hinch has got a World Series championship under his belt, and he managed this team to, to, to Game 7 of the World Series where the, where the bats weren't hitting. The guys left 10 men on base. Is that A.J. Hinch's fault? They left guys on base basically throughout the entire playoffs and especially in the World Series. The batters were, were snake bit for the most part. To, to, to say... A.J. Hinch is not an idiot. A.J. Hinch is not a bad manager. Maybe maybe you think he's not the best in the world. I don't know. You tell me who you think is better and who would be better served as the Astros manager. Because all these managers make mistakes, and all these managers are idiots when, when things aren't working. When you don't win the World Series, there's 29 idiot managers and one genius manager, Dave Martinez. He's the best manager in the game right now because he's got a World Series championship ring. And two years ago, A.J. Hinch was the best manager in the world because he took a team that was an underdog Astros squad and won with the Dodgers. And you could say, hey, the players made those plays. And I agree with that. To me, the manager in, in baseball matters the least of the three, what I'm calling the three major sports. Sorry, hockey. Manager goes out there and sends guys out and, and says, you know what, I'm going lefty-righty and I'm, I'm filling up my lineup card. There's a lefty on the hill. I'm going my righties. Like it's, it's basically, to me, for the most part, as far as in-game strategy, not as difficult as the other ones. Where their job is more difficult, and I would put alongside an NBA head coach, is, is creating a culture and, and, and fostering a, uh, a culture and – and just having the guys, uh, you know, keep on an even keel within the grind of a 162-game season. That's the hardest part to me of being a, a Major League Baseball manager. Not the in-game managing. So, A.J. Hinch was, was brilliant in 2017, and I guess in two years he became an idiot. 
I don't know. I don't remember people talking about how bad A.J. Inch was two years ago, or at least not as much as they are after this Game 7 of the World Series. 713-212-5790, your phone number. Let's go ahead and go out to the phones at 713-212-5790. Travis in Katy. Want to talk about your Houston Astros. What's up, Travis? Hey, man, how's it going? A um, couple of things. Uh, you kind of stole my thunder uh, for a minute there with uh, the fact that, you know, we can nitpick all day long, right? But as majority of us being diehard Stros fans, uh, we've sucked for a long time. And obviously 2017, we brought it and won it. Uh, this year, you know, our pitching game has been very solid. Um, but like you said, our bats were not there. Look at how many times that we just sat in the batter's box, like Correa, for example, taking pitches right down the middle, okay? And then in the times that he did swing, majority of the time, he was swinging at stuff that was bouncing off the plate, man. So we can nitpick all day long, all we want. Hitch did his job. Hitch can't grab the bat and go hit for these guys. Come on, man, let's be real. The fact is, our guys did not do their jobs at the plates when you leave 10 guys on base, okay? 10-plus guys on base. I don't give a damn who you got on the mound. We're not going to win games, guys. We've got to do our job at the plate. You know, our guys, whenever we needed them at the most, look, man, when we went and pitched, it's all right. But the fact of the matter is we got to have the run support. If you're not going to have the run support, we're not going to win a World Series, man. Thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen. All right, Travis. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, look, a, a lot of the a lot of these games can be attributed to to the bats not coming through. In the three games that they did win in Nationals Park, you got a couple of home runs. You scored a little bit. Yeah, you scored a uh, four, eight, and seven. But the pitching was just spectacular as well. They gave they were giving up one run a game in each of those three road games. So I mean, there are opportunities uh, certainly in Game One. And certainly in game six and seven, they could have gone better. Uh, and it just didn't turn out the way that you wanted. you got to have some timely hitting at some points. If you did have the lead, if you had a bigger lead at some point, then maybe we would have seen Garrett Cole because that was the plan. And that's what you go on. And it didn't work out. Doesn't mean A.J. Hinch is an idiot. Doesn't mean A.J. Hinch sucks as a manager, as Megablast said, and I won't read the rest of that comment. I mean, it's just... You're just being ignorant if you think A.J. Hinch is a bad manager. If you want to question him, like I said, you want to question the pulling Grinky, I get it. You want to question uh, the Urquidy thing earlier as well, I get it. And maybe even if you want to question Cole, I mean, I, 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 to that one, that one's a less of a complaint to me. But those are all close decisions. He's not out there screwing things up and not knowing what he's doing. He's just making questionable he's making decisions that you deem questionable but i think they're all reasonable right he has an answer for everything of why he didn't go cold because it was a clean inning because it wasn't a clean inning because he wanted to pitch him with the lead because he was treating him like a closer and then the grinky was fine money found money all right time for a break here you guys want to get in on that 713-212-5790 713-212-5790 also the houston rockets losing last night 123 to 116 with the Nets shooting 60% almost, 59.4% from three. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about some college football. We're going to get your picks as well. Astros Funeral coming up at noon and more here on Sports Talk 790. 
Hey, it's Craig Ackerman. Your teams, your town, your voice all day. This is Sports Talk 790, your home for your home teams. Welcome back, Sports Talk 790, college football preview show presented by Dos Equis slash Sports RV Show. My name is Ross Villarreal. You can find me on Twitter at Sports RV. I'm broadcasting live from the Twin Peaks Kirkwood location. A couple of people filing in. you got the Aggie game on right now. You've also got uh, Nebraska playing. You've got, oh, no, not Nebraska. That's uh, University of Houston. What the heck am I looking at? Uh, U of H versus UCF. Uh, you have the uh, Michigan versus Maryland game. They're up 14-0 on them. Coming up later on at 2.30, you've got Georgia versus Florida. But you got all the games action here at Twin Peaks. I'm at the Kirkwood and I-10 location. The eats, the drinks, the scenic views, the college football. And by the way, the really good delicious eats. So uh, come on by if you, uh, let's see, what should the keyword be? Um, uh, just say Fancy Matt. If you say Fancy Matt and you're heading, or you're on your way over to Kirkwood and I-10, I will give you a Sports Talk 790 t-shirt. You All right, 713. Week. Did I? Whatever. Two weeks in a row. Fancy Matt. He's, he's hopping all over the place in D.C. and New York and, and uh, Miami and Memphis. He's being very fancy. So you know what? That's the keyword. For a free T-shirt, seven one three two one two five seven nine. The phone number seven one three two one two five seven nine. Let's go to John in the Woodlands here on Sports Talk seven ninety. John, go ahead. Well, um, number one, uh, first of all, I've been a pitcher. I pitched in the uh, D one, did very well. My son played in the Junior Olympics. Uh, played for. Um, Watson Graham at uh, San Jack, and he pitched in Texas. So I've been around baseball and pitching, and so I'm not far into it. I agree with your comments about Hinch being a good manager during the year. Yes, he was, and I agree with the fact that the hitters didn't hit timely and the pitching didn't always come through. But I have a big problem with his decision, and I didn't even know one of the biggest issues that should have been considered is after Harris gets bombed, Hinch comes out and says he was burned out from the day before. Why in the world are you putting him in? Number one, he had his mind made up when he went out to the mound that Granky was coming out. You could see it. Every time I've seen people make pitching changes, they walk out to the mound, they ask the catcher, how's he throwing? Granky's got a two-hitter going. And then he asks Granky, how do you feel? Do you agree with him? And then he makes the decision. But his decision was made on plans he made the day before the game, and his mind was made up as he's walking out there. And you make a good manager, whether you're in baseball football, or business, you change the plan to the circumstance. He's got Cole, the best you've got, two days rest, ready to go, to go up and warm up. He didn't even have him heating up. And you put in 
Harris, who's burned out, that was a dumb, stupid call. Now, like I said, the year was a good year. He made a lot of right calls, but to me, that was a horrible call. All right, John. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you getting in. Um, I mean, we've gone over this ad nauseum, and, and most people keep y'all people keep bringing this up, and they're saying it different ways that he that uh, that Will Harris was wasted, or Will Harris was uh, tired, or whatever. Can somebody please find me that exact quote? Because I just hadn't seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not calling anybody liars at all or anything. I just need to find the quote so I can feel uh, or see exactly what what uh, what it was that AJ Hinch said about Will Harris. So I can get to the bottom of that, but I, I just I just fail to believe that AJ Hinch said, "You know what? Will Harris is completely done. Let's put him in." I just I just don't know if that was the case. But um, as far as changing plan on the go, AJ Hinch did change his plan on the go. The plan was four to five innings for Zach Greinke. He was pitching as well as he did, so he sent him out for the sixth. He was dealing in the sixth, so he sent him out for the seventh. And then he felt like that was fine. Mo- found money. I'm with you that, it, that maybe he could have kept him uh, in there a little bit longer. He was only at 80 pitches. Yes, he'd given up a solo home run. Yes, he had walked a guy. That, to me, is a little bit different than like uh, like walking a couple of people. and give- If he had given up the one run by like walking two guys and giving up a couple of singles or something like that, I think I would be more like, wow, this is kind of unraveling. It didn't necessarily feel like it was unraveling. Maybe Zach Greinke was wobbling a little bit, but but maybe the guy who was here and traded for and making $35 million the next two years could have gotten a little bit more benefit of the doubt. I'm definitely with that. But, but I don't think it's stupid and idiotic and a horrible, horrible call and it's uh, like a fireable offense from A.J. Hinch. That's, that's just my opinion on the matter, and I don't know how much that's going to change, unfortunately. 713-212-579. Let's go to Gerard in downtown on the phone lines here on Sports Talk 790. Gerard, go ahead. All right. I think uh, A.J. Hinn, that quote was he was gassed. That's what people, uh, Mr. Turner, they said he was wasted. And okay. all that sounds like somebody uh, drunk too much at the bar. But uh, speaking <laughs> of bars, man, I was watching Game 7. At the bar, man, and uh, when he went, uh, when AJ went out there and uh, pulled uh, Greenkey, man, one of the guys that was watching the game was like, "Man, put in cold." I was like, "No, nah, leave in Greenkey." I never, you know, because you don't know what Cole gonna do coming out the business, coming out the bullpen. This is his first time, uh, would have been his first time coming out the bullpen, and uh, you know, in that situation, so you don't know how that would have worked out for him. I just would have, like you said, I would have stayed with Greenkey, man. Greenkey uh, gave up the one home run. I thought he got squeezed on the uh, solo uh, at bat. So I just would have left him in there at least uh, pitch to uh, Kendrick because Kendrick hadn't made solid contact off them all series actually. So I would have stuck, stuck with it, stuck with that, uh, stuck with that scenario. Uh, as far as the Rockets go, uh, two guys I want to really look at for the Rockets need to uh, really improve their play. Man, Capella's got to play better. Dan Tony seems like he's losing a lot of confidence in this guy. He's not playing him a lot of minutes because he's not focused on the court at all times, missing assignments. So you got to get back to playing like he played before he got that big contract. And uh, Eric Gordon's got to play uh, better too, man. When you look at his stats the last couple of years, his three-point percentage has gone down. But 
what I noticed last year, he was start, he was coming off the bench, he was struggling, and then when Dan Tony put him in the lineup, he played better. Coming in just this season, anticipating him uh, being a starter, but they went with uh, Eddie House. I mean, not my bad. They went with Daniel House instead, and uh, Daniel House has actually been playing good, man. I like his improvement on defense, so I kind of like that position. Eric Gordon's got to going to have to step his game up, man. As, you know, they, you know, he's one of the focal uh, points of the offense, man. The third option behind uh, Harden and uh, Harden and. Uh, Westbrook. Quick thing on boxing, man. I like uh, Canelo by split decision. I, I know you watch boxing like I do. That should be a good mm -hmm. fight tonight, man. Uh, moving up two-way classes. Damn, to be great. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fighting a guy with a real good stiff jab. A guy that's a, a good uh, body puncher. But that should be an exciting fight. But I like Canelo with a little bit better skills, a little bit better inside game to win a split decision uh, tonight in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one, Gerard. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, a couple of things to get to there, obviously. Um, uh, the Astros thing, and the, I agree with mostly what you said there. Um, and I'm still somebody. Please just send me this Will Harris quote so I can figure it out and then go from there. I just don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to be jumping off of uh, what people are saying because I'm hearing three different versions of what he said. Um, uh, as far as, well, let's just go in order here from there. Uh, Clint Capella absolutely needs to turn it up. I don't know what's going on with him. There was just like uh, it seemed like he was playing well coming down the stretch last season, and then he got sick in the playoffs, and then it was like he turned into a pumpkin, and his confidence has gone from him, and it just hasn't been turning out well. And, and he hasn't been playing well. And you listen to, to Mike D'Antoni's comments last night. You could just hear in his voice. Somebody asked him, you know, why, why did Clint Capella only play 20 minutes? He said, well, it was one 20 good minute. It was, it was, the, the 20 minutes he was out there weren't good. So, I mean, if you're going to go out there and you're going to get pushed around by, uh, by Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan and you're not going to be effective and you're going to have – and now with the caveat of me saying that I'm not a huge plus-minus guy, especially over one game, but if you're going to be a minus 25 more than anybody else and you only played 20 minutes, there's something wrong with that. I mean, you've got to play a little bit better. He's got to be better defensively. Uh, you know, he's making shots and scoring a little bit here and there, but – Clint Capella has not played well in the early going. You're supposed to be the anchor of this defense, and this defense right now is the absolute worst in the NBA. So Clint Capella needs to get better. And on the boxing match, I'll be watching tonight for sure. Uh, I am super intrigued about the Canelo versus uh, Kovalev matchup. I, I tend to favor Canelo as well. But people and, – and Kovalev is a little bit past his prime. What is he? I think he's like, uh, he's like 35 or somewhere in that neighborhood now. Uh, 36 years old, actually. I just looked it up. Um, that dude was just a, wor or what a world crusher when he was in his prime, and then he just got ruined by Andre Ward. Um, but that is definitely one I'm going to keep my eye on. And, yes, daring to be great is a great phrase for Canelo Alvarez. Stepping up two weight classes to go for the light heavyweight title. I mean, tip of the cap to Canelo. Hadn't ducked anybody basically in his entire career. Uh, fighting a lot of big names and fighting Golovkin, and maybe he could have, maybe he, you know, um, 
waited a little bit too long on Golovkin, but it worked out because he won. A, he had there was a draw, and then he got the win, and, and both controversial decisions. Uh, he fought Daniel Jacobs when he didn't have to, and now he's fighting Sergey Kovalev when he didn't have to. Uh, so uh, he fought Arislandi Laura when he didn't have to, Austin Trout when he didn't have to, and then stepped up to Floyd Mayweather. I mean, uh, Canelo Alvarez, say what you want. I'm a fan of his because of the way that he steps up to the competition and he's ready to fight just about anybody at any time. 713-212-5790 is the phone number. I see your tweet, uh, Political LM. He says, isn't it obvious with the Rockets, China has voodooed us. I don't know what's happening or if something was in the water in Honolulu or Japan. The Rockets got issues right now. Well, more on that on the show as we go along. We're also going to get your picks to talk some college football next here on a Sports Talk 790 and Astros Funeral. Coming up at noon, if you want to say your piece about the Astros, get lined up noontime right here on Sports Talk 790. This is your home for Houston Rockets basketball. Sports Talk 790. Welcome back. College football preview show slash sports RV show continuing here until 1 o'clock on Sports Talk 790, broadcasting live from Twin Peaks, Kirkwood location. Pleased to be joined by now by Mr. Chris Hodge of WeTalkSports.com. WeTalkSports.com is the website. Uh, Chris, how are you? I'm happy that there's no Texas game on the slate so you don't have to hurt my heart. Come on, I haven't been that hard on the Longhorns this year. <laughs> Uh, well, they've been hard. They've been hard enough on themselves. Can, can I ask you a question? Now, I know I don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm not sure if you guys have oh, spoken boy. about this throughout the. I'm not, I can't say anything about the Houston Houston because you guys beat us. I'm not going to say that. But when you guys are winning the game in the seventh inning, did everyone expect Cole to come into that game to kind of close that uh, out? Was he not available? There was. Yeah, he was available. So they talked. There was a plan before the game, and the plan was. Garrett Cole was essentially the closer for that game. So he was only going to come in in a clean inning, and he was only going to come in if they were leading. So Understand. he was the de facto closer, and then that's why he didn't go with them. Understand. I, I just now, look, he, if I have the best pitcher on the planet, and I have a yeah. lead in the seventh inning, and I'm not sure I'm going to re-sign the guy, uh, I, I would run him into the ground. <laughs> just go ahead and blow his arm out. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> but he was on two days rest. He'd never relieved ever. So that's that's basically the thing. But there's a lot of people on your side, Chris. There's a lot of people saying A.J. Hinch is an idiot for not going with him, and he blew it. I hear you. I mean, look, he's yeah. still one of the best managers in baseball. I'm just in that situation. I got the best guy in, in the bullpen. Um, I don't care two days rest, man. I'm bringing him in. I'm bringing him in. Right. All right. Uh, well, let's go on to the football side. College football action uh, today. Uh, we'll get to the big one in a second here, but let's start off with some Big 12 action. You got TCU versus Oklahoma State on the Big 12 slate. What are you seeing in this one, Chris? So you know from doing all these shows together throughout the last few years that I do not like to compare years in advance to a game that's happening today. But there is a very interesting number in regards to this game. So since 2010, this has only happened 11 times. With this late in the season where a team that has allowed more than 130 defensive yards per game is actually the favorite. That has happened 11 times. The favorite in those 11 games is 1-10. in 10. So you look at a TCU defense that is number one in the conference, Big 12, the number 18 nationally, and an Oklahoma State defense that really can't stop anyone. They're allowing like 440 yards per game. To have them as a favorite is a very bad move in my opinion. I think TCU is an easy winner here. You look, Wallace is out for Oklahoma State. He has eight receiving touchdowns this year. The rest of the team combined 
has seven for the whole season. So they lose him. They have a bad defense. TCU got a big win last week. TCU is getting two and a half to three points here. I believe TCU wins the game outright. It's, you can't go with a defense this bad laying points. They just never win. They're one in ten in this situation in the last ten years. So look at TCU as an outright winner today. Hmm. All right, all right. Let's go uh, keep it with the big one here, Georgia and Florida. This one in Jacksonville, the biggest outdoor cocktail party or whatever they call it. Georgia, about six and a half touchdown favorite, depending on where you look. Uh, what are you seeing in this one, Chris? So this is the free pick that's available at wetalksports.com. We had Auburn last week for free. I mean, it's a great game. If you look at Georgia, they won the last two in the series, and they combined 78-24 to in the final score to beat them. Everyone's making a big deal about the Florida defense. I guess rightfully so, but look, they've allowed 82 points in their last three games. No one's really talking about the Georgia defense, and Georgia's allowed 74 points for the season. So if you look at that, I mean, Georgia has a more stout defense. And here's an interesting stat, again, going back years for this, for this particular game. The team with more rushing yards in this game has won the last 13 matchups. And Georgia averages 95 yards per game on the ground more than Florida does. So that's a telltale sign right there. However, it's not who wins the game. It's who covers the point spread. And Georgia is laying six and a half to a very, very good Florida team. So if you go to wetalksports.com right now and click a button, we have this pick absolutely free. All right, wetalksports.com, wetalksports.com. Let's go on to some NFL action. Uh, first up, you got the Texans visiting, or not visiting the Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a home team, but you're in London. And what do you make of those games, actually, Chris? I mean, what do you pay attention to, like, when the teams travel and stuff like that and, and, and other factors? Because, obviously, it's, it's pretty much a neutral site. Teams never being there. And Houston is in that situation right now because, obviously, players that play on Houston might have played this game in prior locations, right? But Houston as an organization has never made this trip. And that I do not like that situation because everything is completely new for the organization and almost all of the players. Where this is a de facto home game for Jacksonville, they're there all the time. I do not like this situation for Houston. The last few weeks, I've come on. I said situations mean a lot in the NFL. Jacksonville is not a better team than the Houston Texans. They are not. Um, but this is a bad situation for Houston. I don't like this game here. Um, you know, they, they really gave them a hard time in week two. Remember, we were on Jacksonville in that game. Now, I didn't kill Houston there because Houston played the Monday night game, and they were, it was an emotional Monday night game in week one, so they had to come home and play Jacksonville in week two. But still, Jacksonville was just an inch away from basically winning that game. I think as much, and I've always been fair to the Houston people, that I think it's a bad spot. I really do believe that Jacksonville is going to win this game, and, and I hate to say this because you guys probably hate me for it, I don't think the game is going to be close. I think Jackson is going to win by two Ooh, really? Yeah, I do. Interesting. Just lo- looking at this all, all week long and the situations that both teams are in, Houston started at minus three. Now it's minus one. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I like this spot for Houston. Okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No 
purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, you've, you've had a much better feel for the Texans than I have. I mean, I've picked them wrong every single week, basically, because it just seems like they're such an up, up and down team. But um, that would be I mean, if you look an at interesting it, this one. Is, this is their third travel game in the last four weeks. That's never good in the NFL. If you look at last week, Jacksonville had eight sacks against the Jets. Now the Jets can't block anyone, so I, you can't really put too much into that. But Houston allows a lot of sacks, and Jacksonville is creating a lot of sacks. Everything lined up in this game just is not looking good for Houston. So we're going to go with Jacksonville here. And you guys, feel free to call me an idiot when I come on next Saturday. And if it doesn't go that way, you know how I am. But I think this is Jacksonville. I think it's like 31-17, somewhere in that area. All right, Chris Hodge, WeTalkSports.com. Finally, let's get uh, the Bears visiting the Eagles. Uh, that game at noon tomorrow. Both of these teams, higher expectations, not necessarily living up to them. What do you make of this one? Uh, this is Philadelphia. I mean, all the way, Philadelphia laying the points minus four. Chicago just can't get out of their own way right now. The book is out on Trubisky. He's not a very good quarterback. They had no business trading up to grab him. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's all easy for us to say it now. But he really didn't do anything in college that warranted him being traded up to get him that high, right? And, and you're seeing it now. These, these NFL defensive coordinators, they're no joke. Their job is to study guys and figure them out, and they figured them out. And if you look at what Chicago is doing, they're losing games in, in every way you could possibly lose a game. I mean, they went out to London. Uh, they were favored against Oakland. They lose. Uh, they come home against the Saints uh, having a bye week. The Saints were on back-to-back road games. They got annihilated, even though the final score didn't look as bad. as That game was a blowout. Then they statistically dominate the Chargers last week. I mean, you cannot dominate a team more than Chicago dominated that team last week. And once again, the field goal kicking comes back and gets them. Uh, these two teams met in the playoffs last year. That obviously went Philadelphia's way with, what do they call it, the double doink that got Parky run out of town. Mm-hmm. Chicago's just not in a good place right now. Philadelphia off a very good, feel-good win last week against Buffalo. Uh, this is their first home game in about a month. So I think Philadelphia comes home and just really puts it on Chicago. And it wouldn't shock me if come Monday morning they're really calling for Matt Nagy's head there in Chicago because this is going to be a bad game. Wow. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. So uh, you got the picks in there. You guys want some more, you go wetalksports.com, wetalksports.com. Tell them again, Chris, uh, what you got going on at the site. Yeah, it's very simple. We've made it so easy for people to – you know, just get free picks. WeTalkSports.com. Pull it up on your phone. If you're, you know, in front of a computer screen, just pull it up. All you have to do is click a button. I know this is idiot-proof because my wife has figured out a way to do it. So if she can figure out a way to do it, <laughs> anyone can figure out a way to do it. So WeTalkSports.com. Visit it every single day. We give out a free pick. Last night, you know, we had the Spurs. They were an easy pick over Golden State because they're so hurt right now. We have a free pick on the Florida-Georgia game, and there will be two free picks there for tomorrow. So just visit WeTalkSports.com, and you get all the free picks you need. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. All right. You too. Appreciate it. Thanks to Chris Hodge. WeTalkSports.com is the website. All right. We've got to take a quick, uh, a quick break. We're going to talk some shows, and we got to lay them to rest. If you guys want to get in on the official, okay, it's the unofficial funeral of the 2019 Astros, all the memories, all the things that we can run back, we have to lay them to rest. Finally, next, here on Sports Talk 790. Oh! Oh my God, do you believe in miracles? What the hell is happening? And now, Ross Villarreal, voice of reason. 
producer, and former Uber driver. This is live and local weekend Houston sports coverage. This is the Sports RV Show with Ross Villarreal. That is correct. I am Ross Villarreal. You are listening to the Sports RV Show here on Sports Talk 790. Broadcasting live from the Twin Peaks Kirkwood location. You're looking for somewhere to watch some college football action. Uh, You have the Aggies struggling a little bit with UTSA as it's 14-7 A&M. UTSA with the ball and uh, not necessarily driving. They're still in their own territory. Uh, you got U of H versus UCF on. Uh, U of H is leading that one 17 to 14. You got Michigan up on Maryland. And then, of course, you got the big games coming up at 2.30, highlighted by Georgia versus Florida. So you're looking for somewhere to watch on all the TVs with all the college football action with the nice young ladies with great personalities and the delicious food and the ice cold, of course, Dos Equis, which brings you this show. Head on down. To the nearest Twin Peaks location to, to you. And if that happens to be the Kirkwood one, I'll be here up until 1 o'clock. So come by and say hello. 713-212-5790. The phone number 713-212-5790. If you want to get in for the Astros funeral, we'll have that in just a minute. But let's go ahead and talk to Josh in Willowbrook here on the show. I want to talk some shows. Josh, go ahead. Uh, like, like the guy said, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, do you think Verlander was worn out in the regular season? Could he have afforded uh, to be off uh, three or four starts to get him, uh, you know, better prepared for the uh, playoffs? And also, is there a, uh, a side-to-side hitter kind of like uh, Beltran that we could go out and get? Because, uh, you know, our guys just, just had hell with Scherzer and the uh, Strasburg side to side uh, motion. They they just couldn't hit them. Yeah. And uh, I'll hang up and uh, hook them. Thank you, sir. Hook them horns indeed. They're going to go one and zero this week because they don't play anybody. Uh, on the uh, on the question about Justin Verlander, just between you and me, this is something we haven't been talking about. Just between you and me, he was was not good to worse ever since he pitched on three days rest. And so the more I get removed from that situation, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking, and especially, look, man, this is hindsight. And it's 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 always easy to deal with hindsight, right? Jose Urquidy was so good in his one start in the playoffs. Maybe you could have gone to him in a game four situation against the Tampa Bay Rays up 2-1. Because you went with Verlander on three days rest. He was not good. He wasn't sharp. His stuff wasn't there. The velocity wasn't there. Well, the velocity actually was there, but um, the control wasn't there, and the stuff wasn't there. And then after that start, every subsequent start, he's still moved up a day, right? And maybe I'm making too much of this, and I'm putting together pieces that aren't there, but he was not good ever since then. He didn't have a, a lockdown, shutdown start since the day after he started on three days rest. And so the more I think about that and look back about that, that it just seems like maybe that was the wrong decision, and it seems like maybe it had a ripple effect 
on him in the postseason and the way that he was pitching because he just didn't he did never recover. You get Justin Verlander at home in a game six to win the World Series. If I'd have told you that before the season or before the playoffs started, you said, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. Thank you. Astros are 2019 World Series champions. Well, it didn't work out that way. Steven Strasburg was fantastic and amazing, and Justin Verlander was not. These are his starts after that th- that uh, start in Tampa Bay on three days rest. Six and two-thirds, gave up two runs, pretty solid. Seven innings, gave up four, eh. Six innings, gave up four, eh. Five innings, gave up three, eh. So he was absolutely dominant in game one of the ALDS, giving up seven, uh, or I mean, pitching seven and not giving up a run. And then from there, the wheels kind of just fell off a little bit. And, and I don't know how much do you attribute that to him being 36 years old. It's late in the season, and you went with him on three days rest. It's a tough question. We don't really have the answer. But we do know that he was not up to par as the season went along. So let's go ahead and do it. We have to lay your 2019 Astros to rest if you want to get in. 713-212-5790. Let's go ahead and say a few words, a few solemn words for our 2019 Houston Astros. I didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want it to have to come to this. It was so sudden. It was so surprising. And we're here. The 2019 Astros are dead. You started. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Off the off season with such uh, optimism and, and thinking that they were going to get it done. You come into this, to, to this season and there are question marks. Along the rotation. Yes, you had Verlander. Yes, you had Cole. But who was this Wade Miley guy? And how was he going to be? And Michael Brantley was coming over from the Indians. He had a he had a penchant for being injury prone. Was he going to stay healthy? What was happening with the young prospects? Would Kyle Tucker come up? and perform when would Forrest Whitley join the rotation and who is this Jordan Alvarez guy is he ever gonna pan out and amount to anything you started off losing three of four against the Tampa Bay Rays and then you also lost a series to the Rangers and people were jumping ship but then you went on a nine game a ten game actually winning streak 
things were turning around. Garrett Cole was looking solid, but not great. Justin Verlander was dominant. Wade Miley kept going and giving you six and not giving up a ton of runs, and it was solid and it was good. Robinson Chirinos was hitting home runs. And then around May 27th, things really turned as Garrett Cole became the most dominant pitcher in all of baseball. And Justin Verlander continued his dominance, and you saw forming a one-two punch as the Astros were both, uh, as the Astros aces were both vying for the Cy Young Award. Then you continued on your winning ways, beating up on crappy teams of the AL West like the Rangers and the Angels and the Mariners. There was that little swoon against Baltimore where Roberto Osuna gave up some uh, some runs. And then you lost two of three to Chicago, and you're like, what the hell's going on? And then you lost to Oakland in a four-game series as well. Then towards the end of August, you said, we're not going to go into the playoffs with Verlander Cole, Miley, and Peacock as our four playoff starters, are we? No. The Astros made the deal. Zach Grinke became a Houston Astro. And to a much lesser extent, so did Joe Biagini and Aaron Sanchez. You gave away Seth Beer and J.B. Bukowskis and Corbin Martin and some other dude whose name isn't coming to me right now. And it was a huge deal. But you knew you had a one, two, three punch for the playoffs. You get to the postseason. You struggle against the Rays and their damn openers and the 15,000 relievers who are very solid. But you get past them. Then you go to the ALCS against the mighty New York Yankees. You drop the first game Seven to nothing as Masahiro Tanaka just shut down the Astros' bats. But then you rally. The Carlos Correa walk-off. Garrett Cole dominating in game three. Then you win late in game four. James Paxson shuts you down. But then game six, the walk-off of a Jose Altuve. And you advance to the World Series where you go against the Washington Nationals. You drop the first two games. It's looking dire. It's looking like things aren't going to go well. But you rally. You win three straight on the road. You're coming home. Justin Verlander starting game six to win the World Series. But it was Strasburg who was dominant. And Grinke was dominant in six. And a third. We know what happened after that. And the Houston Astros are gone forever. We're always going to remember the 2019 Astros. They won 107 games. They made the trade for Zach Greinke. They had one of the more dominant lineups you'll ever see. Carlos Correa cracked a rib with a masseuse. It was a wild, weird year. But we'll always remember these Astros for the good times. And we'll also remember... 
that they will go down in the annals of Houston sports history as probably the best team to not get it done. <sighs> Sad times, folks. I've said enough. Let's hear from some of you. 713-212-5790. Chance, uh, please take over and say a few words about the 2019 Astros. Uh, the thing that we're going to remember looking back on this year, we're going to think about Cole's pitching streak. We're going to think about Alvarez winning the AL Rookie of the Year. We're going to think about Alex Bregman. And then we're going to think about top of the seventh. We get that first out, eight outs away from winning the 2019 World Series. Mm. And we'll forget that. Eight outs away. And then Anthony Rendon sends one to the Crawford boxes and starts oh, it. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry, Chance. Never forget. Sorry, buddy. Thank you. Hashtag never forget. We'll never forget you, 2019 Astros. Young, eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jordan Alvarez. Your 27 home runs. Rookie of the year. Oh. Oh. Josh Flames James, you either come in and strike everybody out or come in and walk everybody. Wade Miley will never forget that you have the same name of a Civil War colonel. Wade Miley. And your weird frazzled beard. Remember Cy Sneed being a thing? That was cool. <sighs> All right. I'm sorry. Uh, take over, Shane. Say a few words, please. Yeah, to the 2019 Astros, it was a good run. I just wish they would have done one thing different. Just drill Soto every time he's at the plate. <laughs> Is that, is that your piece, Shane? Thank you. <sighs> this is hard, folks. I'm actually, I mean, I'm starting to be over talking about every managing decision that A.J. Hinch made in, in the entire playoffs. But, hey, if you want to get in, say a few words. We've got to get a break here. we got some headlines coming up at 1230. We can talk about the Rock. You want to rail on some more sports at Houston sports teams? How about the freaking Rockets with the worst defense in basketball? We can talk about that. Coming up here, 713-212-5790. Let's talk some Astros. we got Texans versus Jacksonville Jaguars. you got Rockets. you got all kinds of stuff going on. It is a sports RV show with you up until 1 o'clock. we got headlines coming up at 1230. Don't go anywhere. It's Clint Capella. Hard and no look past Capella. Two-hand jam. Sports Talk 790 is your home for Houston Rockets basketball. Yes! Welcome back, Sports Talk 790. Ross V. Real with you all the way up until 1 o'clock, broadcasting live from the Twin Peaks Kirkwood location. Football, college football action all over the place around here. We got some headlines coming up at 1230, and we got you if you'd like to get in. 713-212-5790. You can also send your tweets to at SportsRV. I'm um, getting some tweets from a what seems like a crazy person. That's okay, though. Junior, with a bunch of numbers after his name on Twitter, 
Cole will always be remembered as the Boris Chicken Clown who was too afraid to come in to pitch Game 7 of the World Series. Um, I don't think Garrett Cole... Garrett Cole was pissed after that game because he wanted to get in. And that's another thing we haven't really talked about. That's another layer to this stinking 2019 World Series onion that we haven't talked about. Uh, the Garrett Cole incident. When I first heard about it, well, first of all, I was getting text messages from somebody that was saying, wow, Garrett Cole just kind of blew up in, in the uh, in the clubhouse, and he didn't want to talk. And I was like, wow, that sounds bad. Uh, but then somebody, it was uh, a couple of reporters made it public, so now we can talk about it and address it. Uh, you know, sometimes those things happen, and, and players don't want them getting out, and you kind of have to respect that. Otherwise, you're honestly not going to be allowed back in there. So there are, uh, unfortunately, lines that you have to walk. There are things that are off the record and things that are on the record in this business, business of ours. But it became on the record. So uh, uh, my thinking, and especially with, with, with uh, Garrett Cole with the Scott Boris hat, was like, wow, this guy, it, it, this seems like a, an a-hole move. Not only do you not want to talk, you show up in front of the camera with a Scott Boris logo and say you're not representing the team, you're representative of, of yourself. But then I saw, so I was like, wow, this is, a, this is a really bad look for Garrett Cole. But then I saw the video. And honestly, it didn't seem as bad to me. Garrett Cole, number one, is already dressed. So people were like, oh, man, I can't believe he's not wearing an Astros jersey. Players don't wear their jerseys generally after the games. They This is the way it works. The game ends, they hit the showers, then they get dressed in their playing clothes, and generally, usually, whatever they wore to the arena, or to the, not the arena, or to the stadium, or to the to the park, whatever. And then that's what they wear in their post-game availability. That's just standard. They don't generally wear an Astros hat or an Astros jersey or anything. You're not, they're not in full cleats and stirrups taking, taking interviews. That's not how it works. So he was in a Scott Boris hat, but in the video, he was already wearing it, and he was already like trying to get out of there. So that, to me, made him look a little bit better. If he like didn't have a hat on, and he said, you know what, before I get on camera, I'm going to grab this hat and put it on my head. I feel like that would have been about ten times worse. But apparently he had worn, he'd been wearing this uh, hat here and there throughout the season. And it's just what he wants to do on his free time. And he didn't want to speak. So how can he be wanting to make a statement with the hat if he didn't even want to speak to the media? And the thing on that is, to me, he was pissed. Garrett Cole's a competitor. I mean, have you ever seen him up on the mound when he's striking out the side? That dude gets fired up. And he works himself basically into a frenzy in order to get out there and pitch and do what he does and dominate the way that he does with his with his hair out there fluttering in the wind. And so he, the, the guy's obviously a fierce competitor. The guy's obviously fiery. And he didn't want to speak. I'm sure he was pissed that he didn't get in. He knew that there was a plan. He probably disagreed with A.J. Hinch's plan about not coming in in a clean inning. The Astros had just lost the World Series. His life's dream is to win the World Series. And they just lost it, and he didn't even get to have a say in it. He didn't even get to pitch. So you know he's upset. And he didn't want to get out there. He's like, you know what? I'm not even an employee of the team. Why do I have to talk? I don't want to talk. So to me, he was being more of a like a – he was more like a pouty child which is not okay, which he could have done better. He could have uh, 
comported himself in a better manner in that situation, but he didn't. And honestly, I'm not one to fault him a bunch because he was just being spiteful and angry. And, and yeah, you know what? I can kind of get with that, honestly, on a personal level. So uh, the, the Garrett Cole thing obviously was a bad look. But to me, once you see the video, it's not as bad as it was or could have been. 713-212-5790, the phone number, 713-212-5790. Your Houston Rockets lose last night 123-116 to to the Brooklyn Nets. And i got to tell you something. These Rockets got problems, folks. Uh, coming into the game last night, I haven't looked up their numbers yet, but they were dead last in points per game. i got to imagine if you give up 123, you're probably still in that neighborhood. And then there were 29th out of 30 teams as far as defensive rating and points you're giving up per 100 possessions. And, and if the Rockets want to turn this around, if they want to get a little bit better, going to have to be on the defensive end. And now, now I'll, I'll say one thing. If you're going to be number which and by the way, they're number one in offense, number one in points per game, and, uh, and the number one in offensive rating. So if you're going to be number one in offense and dead last in defense, guess at the very least you're going to make for some fun games. That's what the Astros are doing. I mean, the, the Rockets are doing right now. Uh-oh. This is where we had Astros, Rockets, and Texas going on, and I say the wrong names. So you got to be better, though. Uh, this is too far. I mean, it's too far. Too often, it's looking like a freaking layup drill. You gave up 158 points to the Washington Wizards three nights ago. And if it weren't for Eric Gordon and some clutch plays by James Harden and Russell Westbrook in that fourth uh, fourth quarter, where you're down 11 with like four four and a half minutes to go, or whatever it was, you're talking about one of the more embarrassing losses in the history of this franchise. To, to give up 158 points and lose the way that they did. But they won. That's great. But as the great Jeff Van Gundy says, you cannot ignore in victory what do you – okay, I'm going to mess up this quote. But you cannot ignore in victory things that you would fix if you had lost. And right now, this is the worst defensive team in the NBA. And I knew there was going to be some slippage, right? Russell Westbrook – there's a lot of good about him. There's a lot of bad. Or a lot of good and some bad. I'll put it that way. He's a great energetic force on the court. He's great in transition. He is a one-man fast break as much as anybody I've ever seen in the league. He didn't play great defense. He doesn't shoot well from three-pointers. And shot selection is questionable. And let's focus on the part about the defense. Because Chris Paul was a great team defender. Chris Paul was a solid individual defender even late into his career. And so you lose Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker's a year older, and then Clint Capella just looks completely lost his confidence and and completely not unmotivated, but he just looks, looks lost out there. Clint freaking Capella. This is a guy who we were talking about as an all star last year who'd gotten better in every single year of his career. And he's just, he just doesn't have it. His re, uh, he's like he averaged twelve point seven rebounds a game last year. He's averaging eight right now, eight point two. And he he used to be a guy that you could count on uh, on switches that he could go out there and and hey he's gonna he's gonna lock not necessarily lock down but he's gonna contest. He's not gonna let guys go by him on on the rocket switching defense. 
And that's just not the case. He hasn't been very good defensively. He hasn't been rebounding very well. And he's supposed to be the anchor of the defense for the Houston Rockets. He's supposed to be a part of a big three for the Rockets, honestly, because he was that last year. The Rockets had a big three last year. It was James Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella. They had it the last two years. And he has been integral. He has been very, very important, crucial to the Rockets' success, especially on the defensive end. But he hasn't been performing. And he's got to turn it around. Russell Westbrook's got to get locked in. And James Harden, I don't know, I guess at this point he is what he is. We know that he's going to give up a couple of threes just ball watching basically every single game. And then, honestly, you like him in the post defensively, but on the perimeter, it's, 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 it's pretty easy to get by him if you have a, if you have a quick guard. So they got to figure some stuff out right now, the Houston Rockets. They're 3-2. and two. There is going to be an adjustment period, so maybe I need to heed my own advice from the, from the summer. Coming into this summer when Russell Westbrook was here, I said, you know what, Ross? Teams who add great superstars have needed adjustment periods, right? Uh, the big three in Miami, I point to. Kevin Durant going to Golden State and other teams like that, like you don't necessarily just hit the ground running and win immediately. But the problem is the longer it takes you to figure it out, the more you're going to be slipping in the Western Conference. Because the Lakers just beat a good team in the Dallas Mavericks on the road. They're 4-1 now. And they've got new new talent and new superstar as well. And they're figuring out at least more than the, the Rockets have. The Lakers have blown out teams as well. Um, and so, you know... At the end of the day, the Rockets haven't looked good in basically any game they've played. They're 0-5 against the point spread. I know point spreads don't mean a whole lot on the win-loss column. Mike D'Antoni's not there fretting about whether or not the Rockets covered. But that means if you're 0-5 against the point spread, you haven't looked good at any point. And that's the way it's going for the Houston Rockets right now. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get some headlines with Jackson. If you guys want to get in, 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Short break here. Don't go anywhere. And Alex Lines is in the left center field. That's a base hit. Fisher around third and coming home. The throw to the plate. Not in time. Sports Talk 790. Astros win. Home for Astros baseball. Welcome in, Sports Talk 790, or welcome back, I suppose. It is the Sports RV Show with you broadcasting live from the Twin Peaks Kirkwood location. A couple of you folks out here appreciate it. If you want to get in, 713-212-5790 is the phone number. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 713-212-5790. If you want to talk some Rockets, another thing that I haven't mentioned about the Rockets, uh, James Harden. Scored 36 last night. Appreciate that. He scored 40 the other or 59 the other night as well. Good stuff. But the three-point shooting, my goodness, has not 
been good. And an interesting fun fact of something that I have never seen before and you will never see, and it's probably not going to happen this year either, James Harden is scoring, has a higher number of points per game than his field goal percentage. How is this possible? <laughs> of course, it's not going to stay that way, but this is unprec- it'll be unprecedented in the history of the NBA. I'm, I'm positive. He's averaging 36.6 points per game. He's shooting 36.5% from the field. He's only making 20% of his three-pointers. He's averaging 14 a game, only making 2.8. He's had uh, seven games where he, in his career where he's missed 14 or more threes. The rest of the NBA in its history since the inception of the three-point line has five. So just fun stuff there. He's going to turn it around. He's not going to shoot 20% from three uh, in, the, uh, in the entire season. So the, the threes will fall for him eventually, but I would like it to happen sooner rather than later. Let's go out to some headlines with Mr. Jackson Gatlin. What's up, everybody? Now, Ross, I'm going to let you steer a little bit. Do you want Uh-oh. to talk high school football, reptiles, mm. strip clubs, Ooh. felines, or emojis? What? Oh man, emojis are definitely out. Let's go strip clubs. Strip clubs. Just because I got I got to stay on brand. <laughs> All right, strip clubs. It is so. Two women in New Jersey got into a fight last weekend over whether or not to leave a strip club. Do you want to take a stab huh. in the dark at how they resolved this fight? Uh, they had a twerk off. Not quite. It wasn't as wholesome as Dang. a twerk off. Next they guess. They stabbed each other because you said stab, so I figure that's where they're going. Not there quite was as aggressive as a stabbing, although it went one well, argue. You said do you want to take a stab at it, so I thought you were trying to give me a hint there. <laughs> no. Um, one of the women ran over the other in the parking lot. What? Car. <laughs> oh, geez. This is what you're bringing me, Jackson, on a Saturday. I'm trying to have a wholesome Saturday afternoon. This Go is on. wonderful, wholesome family content. So, yeah, uh, she, she as she uh, made the graceful exit from the strip club, let's let's not pretend that it wouldn't be a graceful exit. Uh, <laughs> she were they, was hit were by they her employed friend. at the strip club? They were not employed. They were they were frequenting or not frequenting. They were uh, customers at the strip club. Huh. Interesting. Now, I guess in my day I've seen now, you know, let me say with this caveat, you know, I don't go to strip clubs as much as I used to back in the day because I'm just old and washed like that. Um, but, uh, I've seen some couples, some lady couples at strip clubs back in the day, a couple of times. That's interesting that one wanted to stay and one wanted to go. And they were in such, uh, ardent disagreement that one had to run over the other in order to, to resolve their situation. That's wild. Yeah. Arrested Any other on details on that Jackson. Or are we moving on? Arrested on drunk driving and a couple Ooh. other charges. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be some kind of manslaughter charges there, right? Or attempted murder or something. Something like that. Definitely wasn't pretty. Yikes. All right. What? Uh, you know what? Let's go straight to reptiles. Reptiles. I'm reptiles is. now. All right. So with reptiles, we've got Indiana woman found dead with python wrapped around her neck. A hundred and forty. A hundred and forty oh, snakes in a reptile home. Police say. Where does this woman live? Florida. Uh, Indiana, not quite Florida, unfortunately. Dang, that would have Indiana's been Indiana's up there though. There's some weird stuff that happens in Florida. So let me get this straight. This woman owns a hundred and forty snakes. Which, by the way, how do you get to hundred and forty snakes? 
Like, I've seen people, you start with one dog, and before you know it, you got three. And I guess there's old-style cat ladies. You start with a couple of cats, and then and then you put out a, a bowl of milk for strays, and you end up with, like, 17. How do you have 140 snakes, and your name isn't the city zoo? What? That doesn't make any sense to me and then so apparently she was found dead with a it was a constrictor or it was a python wrapped around her neck uh it was a python yeah hmm. do we have do we have word on what exact type of snake it was so that i can google it i'm trying to see do 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 doesn't look like we've got the it was like a do 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 it was a danger noodle no uh it does not well, say what type of snake it was all right. Well, you know what I have to say about what type of snake this was? It was a killer snake. And I got no problem with this lady. I feel no sympathy or remorse with this lady. If you're going to live, you know, if you're going to play with the fire, sometimes you get burned. If you're going to live with 140 snakes, sometimes a snake is going to go snake. Like to invoke the holy words of Chris Rock, talking about Siegfried and Roy getting attacked by a tiger. That tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. And there was a video on the internet this week or last week about the some uh, Russian uh, circus guy and the bear attacked him. And the tweets were like, crazed bear attacks a circus worker. That bear didn't go crazy. That bear went bear. He's tired of getting shocked in the balls and, and whipped and trained. And sometimes, you know what? You just got to snap. And apparently, this snake... Was tired of being held in captivity. Look, if you're a if you're an exotic snake, supposed to be in like Australia or somewhere cool like that, and you're all locked up in Indiana, you'd be pretty pissed too. Snake went snake. So does this Killed mean next this time lady. we get a Florida man story, we can say Florida man went Florida man? That's true as well, actually. Florida man in their natural habitat's gonna go Florida man, Jackson. That's just the way it's gonna go. What else you got? Well, we don't have a Florida man story today, but we've got three choices left. You got to pick. I'm not going to take emojis off the list. Emojis is still there. We got felines and, and we got high out. school football. Uh, wait, what was the middle one? Felines. Felines. All right. Felines it is. Interest. A guy weaponized a cat by shaking it what? and then throwing it what? at a cop's face. What? What? Where do you think this guy weaponized was? Weaponized cat? Weaponized cat. This is this is like that guy in Alabama who had the squirrel named D's nuts that he he gave uh, meth so that it could attack people. Wait, wait, what? Okay, what? That was no. That's an all timer headlines. That's in the headlines Hall of Fame. Trust me. Look that one up. There was a drug dealer who had a, a messed up squirrel to protect his stash. Anyways, so this guy shook up a cat and threw it at a dude. That's actually he threw brilliant. It at a cop. He threw it at a cop, not at a, a dude. A cop. A cop. Okay, well, okay, that's not brilliant to throw something at a cop, but let's just say you're in a sticky situation and you're in a, like a life or death type of th- deal, and you don't have a you don't have say perhaps a knife or an ice pick or a baseball bat or a firearm, and all you have is spots the cat. You shake her up and you toss them at somebody. That is a that is a. A ball of fur and and claws and anger. Does it work like a soda can? Fire at a guy. The cat and then just chunk exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like shaking up a can and putting some pop rocks in it. It becomes a, a, extremely explosive. 
Very and volatile incendiary. <laughs> yes. Wow. So what happened? Like, what's the story on this? Do we have more? I, yeah, need, we, we, I need more details, we've, Jackson. We've got, we've got more. So it was uh, not Florida, but it was Russia, which is very. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's that's on that's that's on point. You know, I used to do a game on the show. I used, I'll need to bring it back. I used to call it Florida Foreign or Fake. And it was a story either from for, a foreign story, like most. Honestly, I just would Google Russia stories or from Florida or I'd completely made it up. We would have contestants guess. You know, what? I got to bring that bad boy back. You got to bring back Florida Foreign or Fake for sure at some point. Sorry, go ahead. Well, apparently the 59-year-old man in question who threw the cat, his name was Gennady Shervakov. I'm pretty okay. sure I pushed that, but, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Gesundheit. Uh, anyways, he was just sitting at the foot of the stairs when police responded to a noise complaint, and he refused to cooperate. Turns out he'd been drinking. Then out of nowhere, he grabbed a Naturally. nearby cat, shook yeah. it for a second to make it angry, and threw it at the cop's face. Wow. I mean, that's just next level right there, dude. I mean, honestly, you got to tip your cap to that guy. That guy is making moves. Oh, but it he's worked. He's sick and angry cats on people. It, it, it worked? It he got worked. away? It, no, no, no. Not that, not that he got away. No, no. The guy got caught. But yeah. it worked in the sense that the cat didn't just kind of hit the cop's face and fall to the ground. The cat actually sunk its claws into the cop's face. So it worked. Wow. He, wepo- he successfully weaponized the cat. Weaponized cats. That's brilliant. But don't do that to cops, folks. I'm not, I'm not condoning police brutality. Wait. Police brutality is when a policeman beats you up. I'm not. Look, <laughs> blue lives matter. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. What do you call it when you beat up a policeman? Just don't do that. Um, wow. Incredible stuff here. Harrowing tales of the headlines here on Sports Talk 7 on 8. All right, it's time for a quick break. Final segment. If you want to say your piece, we had a funeral for the Astros. If you're late to the congregation, you want to say something to the 2019 Astros? We can do that. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. You also got the Rockets. Porous defense to talk about. And the Texans in the London town tomorrow. We'll talk about that next here on Sports Talk 790. And that ball's hit high and far. Right center field. That's the lobby time. Sports Talk 790. with the grand slam. Home of your Astros. Oh, make me over. I'm all I want to be. Final segment. Sports RV Show here on Sports Talk 790. Hello, folks. How are you? 713-212-5790 is the phone number. 713-212-5790. A lot of you guys just rang in, so let's not mess around. We'll go straight to the phone lines here, starting with Andrew, so we can get you all in before the end of the show. Andrew, go ahead. Hey, how are you doing? uh... I'm well, sir. I just wanted to say my piece with the Astros because I really related a lot with this team this year with such high expectations and ultimately ended up letting down everybody. But um, I know there is one thing that I'm happy about with this team is that they didn't take the sacrifice of Deshaun Watson's ACL uh, like they did the last time they won the World Series. So I'm taking this as a sign that since he stayed healthy, it's the Texans here to go win the Super Bowl. So let's go Texans. Woo! Okay. I'm with it, Andrew. If the Texans are going to win, I'm going to tell you the number one reason is going to be Deshaun Watson. It ain't going to be the offensive line or the secondary um, or the run game, although Carlos Hyde's been pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, that's true. The Astros won the World Series. Wasn't it like in 2017? Was it like the next day, right? The Astros won the World Series, or was it like the day of the parade? Immediately, 
boom, Deshaun Watson tears ACL like handing off the football in practice. That was horrible. So maybe the Astros had to die so that Deshaun Watson could keep his ACL. Interesting. Let's go to uh, JR next here on the phone lines on Sports Talk 790. JR, go ahead. Hey, what's going on? I uh, know we're mourning the Astros. They were a very likable team. I was rooting for them. I want to spend a moment just to uh, lament all the Arizona Diamondbacks that were playing in October. You got Max Scherzer, Zach Greinke, Daniel Hudson, Patrick Corbin, Didi Gregorius, Paul Goldschmidt, A.J. Pollock. I mean, the whole team's playing in October. Wow. Are you a a Diamondbacks guy? Yeah, I am. Oh, man. That's got to be rough. (laughs) Yeah, I I would love to be in uh, Game 7 of the World Series. Hmm. Man, I'm sorry. 2001 was fun, though. 2001 was fun. All right. Thanks a lot, JR. Appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, basically the playoffs are peppered with former Arizona Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks all died so that we could have the playoffs. Appreciate you for your sacrifice, Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's go next to Alex here on Sports Talk 790. Alex, go ahead. Speaking about the Diamondbacks, they got rid of Hinge, and the Astros need to do the same. He doesn't have a handle. That's true, too. I'm sorry, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Bye. Okay. uh, Well, that was just a fantastic uh, call. Let's just keep it rolling along here then. Let's go to Joe. Hello there. I'm no bigger fan, no bigger extra fan than me. I'm disappointed, but let, let me say this. Uh, in the last, say, few years, maybe 10 years, how many teams can say they went to two World Series in three years and won one of them? Probably not too many, if, if, anyone, if any at all. So... I'm still an Astro fan, diehard Astro fan, so go Astros. Thank you. All right, Joe. Thanks a lot. Yeah, look, I mean, when we reflect on this era, it would have been nice to get that second championship. But if you look at it on its face, honestly, if we're really, really being truthful, Dodgers were probably a more talented team in 2017. I'm not going to say the Astros had no business winning that World Series. The Astros got a lot of breaks of the game in that series. They got a lot of things going their way. And kind of in some some way, the opposite happened in 2019. You had the dominant team with the good pitching that ran into a team that was kind of up up and coming as far as uh, World Series success, hadn't won a playoff series. And they just got hot at the right time, timely hitting, clutch plays, and then, and then very good starting pitching. That's basically what the Nationals did. The Nationals did to the Astros what the Astros did to the Dodgers in 2017. So you look at the balance of it, and you kind of broke even that way, although it would have been nice to get that second one. All right, you know what? Let's go ahead and talk some Texans. Haven't really talked about them. Hit on the Rockets a little bit. Talk to Astros for the majority of the show. Texans playing in London. And for that, Jackson, I need some British music, if you can hit me with some of that. So, um, because we got to get in the right mood, as the the, Tex- the Texans will be sque- speaking the Queens in Jacksonville, if we have that or not. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll just talk 
Texans without the music. That's okay. So the Texans visiting uh, Jacksonville. It's interesting uh, talking to Chris Hodge, who, who we have here on every week and makes the picks and stuff like that. He's done a pretty good job so far uh, of having his a thumb on the pulse of what's happening with the Houston Texans. So they're now 5-3 and three on the season, going up against the Jags, who they played very closely against, only scored 13 points against early on in the season. And he's got Jacksonville winning by two touchdowns. And that just seems wild to me. But like I said, he's been right more than more often than I have. I mean, I've picked the Texans uh, to, to struggle in, in, in uh, New Orleans. They covered that game. I thought they were going to take care of business against the Jaguars and the Panthers, and they lost those games. Oh, here we go. Okay. This, this works. I thought the Texans were going to lose to the Chiefs. I thought they were going to beat the Colts. Like I've picked the Texans wrong basically just about every single week. So I don't know what to make of them. And honestly, I don't know that I'm waking up at 8.30 a.m. To, to watch this game, depending on what happens tonight. But but Deshaun Watson has definitely been the, the, the Texans' savior so far this season. You look at the balance so far, he's already got 2,200 uh, passing yards, 16 touchdowns, only five picks. Going up against Gardner Minshew, who's been very good as well, but, the, but you lose Jalen Ramsey on the defense for uh, the Jaguars. I just don't foresee the Texans losing this game in blowout fashion. And this is an important game. This is, but, but like I said, I've been picking them wrong every, every week. This is a game that if you fancy yourself, a couple of weeks ago, remember, they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and I'm sitting here saying the, the Texans are at that moment the second-best team in the AFC behind the New England, New England Patriots. I don't know that that's the case anymore. Maybe you go with the Colts since the Texans lost to them. Maybe you go with the Baltimore Ravens if you want to go that way, and that's a big matchup coming up this weekend, Ravens and Patriots. But, I mean, a couple of weeks ago I'm talking about them being the second-best team in the AFC, and now I don't know what to make them. And if they lose to the Jaguars and they're not competitive, I mean, you're staring right down the barrel of, of an 8-8 eight eight season, I think. I mean, coming up after the Jaguars, you got the Ravens, you got the Colts, and you got the Patriots. You're going to tell me it would completely shock you if the Texans went 0-3 in that stretch? Wouldn't shock me. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Texans going forward. After that, it loosens up a little bit. You get the Broncos, Titans twice, and the Buccaneers. So the last four games, definitely all winnable for the Texans. But uh, this Jaguars game you got to win this one because the next stretch after that, it's going to get pretty tough. Going to Baltimore, you would chalk that up as a loss. Home for the Colts, you can win that one. Home for the Patriots, you can win that one too. My confidence level would be a little bit low. All right, that's going to do it for the Sports RV Show slash college football preview show here on Sports Talk 790. My name is Ross Villarreal, and I want to say thank you. I appreciate you very much for listening to my show. Special thanks to those who interacted with the show, gave me a phone call. Take whatever you like, sir. Go ahead. This man is uh, this young man is staring at my table. It's a back bet. Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, all right. What what am I doing? Okay. Th- I'm thanking all of you. Reinvolved in the show. Thanks to Jackson Gatlin, producer, doing a great job as always. I'll talk to you guys Monday at twelve on the Matt Thomas Show here on Sports Talk Seven Ninety.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.